everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes. Make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. Uh, Power Athlete almost Radio. Got it. No, I'm not letting this story go. Power Athlete Radio, welcome to... An, uh, wait, no. Power Athlete Nation, welcome to another, another episode of the Premier Podcast on Strength and Conditioning. Ing. This is... Oh, we got him. This is a crew episode. Yeah, I felt I had to do we it. Are, it's like a special occasion. We are a little tired. Not. I don't think we so. We are fresh <laughs> off a two and a half hour podcast with the guys at Kufaro Cast. And John was just talking about being on a hunting trip and um, going number two. And, like, do you have to nude up to do that? And I once had a uh, when nature's call moment in nature and totally forgot about, like, the, um, I guess, how the plumbing works when you're going to the bathroom. I, we, I, we had just had a chili cook-off, and the chili was not sitting well with me. And we were up in the hills and in the, in the woods. It was with uh, JR and his father-in-law. And, like, the bubble guts hit. And it was dire. It, that was like, mm-hmm. it was like a 90 second warning. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had 90 seconds to go find a spot to go and like go to the bathroom. And um, maybe it's too much info. Maybe it's not. But typically when you sit on the toilet to do your business, like it's not just number two. It's number one that kind of partners up with that, right? Like so they kind of work in unison. But I had only had number two on my mind. And I like dumb and dumber ran to a tree, like derobed, uh, like pulled my pants down and just like got in a position that I knew that like we were going to evacuate Chile. And then I forgot about the chaser, the number one chaser and pissed all over my pants. See, that's why. Uh, <laughs> Did you pull up those pee pants? I just wore, I, I took the underwear, underwear out. Yeah. yeah you just got to w- take the underwear, got to clean yourself up and just and throw went, that away. And you just, it's gone. And then went and told everybody what had just happened. So just got it out of the way. Like, just let the rip, the tear out, they tore into me, let it just happen. And then after about an hour, most everybody forgot about it. Normally, uh, the good move is uh, you take off your pants, kind of fold them up and put them away and make sure that, you know, at at that point, you're just like, I'm just going to take off all my clothes (laughs) because I don't know where this is going to go. I didn't have the time, bro. Uh, Dude, I, I remember last time I was in this situation, I just took everything up, folded it up nicely. And I was like... I'm just going to use these baby wipes just to clean up wherever this thing goes. Mm-hmm. You don't know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. The I got a timely story since we're on the topic. It was freshman year in fall ball lacrosse in our training. We were doing sprint training at Iwo Jima. So very close to our school. And you, you know the monument? Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful place. And there's a slight hill. So this is our hill sprinting and training. And I had it in my mind. You got to eat breakfast to start the day. Right, so I'm like chugging orange juice and crackers for a 6 a.m. run in my dorm room, and then right out the door. And I don't remember what number sprint, but it, imagine like 35, 40 dudes sprinting at this monument, and one of the reps, it just it hit me, and I had to keep on sprinting. So I did about a hundred yard dash to the Porta Johns, but I didn't quite Is make it. it. Uh oh. It, isn't the Iwo Jima monument a like known place for people of alternate lifestyles to meet? 
at wide open at night. I don't know. It's uh, that's what Callie told me that there was there's certain monuments around DC which people go to to mm. do strange things with each other. No, there's there's nowhere to hide at Iwo Jima. It's a <laughs> wide open field, so I just de- continue my dead sprint away and don't make it to the to the John rocking my tidy whities and I got it in my lack shorts and I got to just toss the tidy whities uh-huh. away just go back and free ball it well I free ball the rest of the sprints ooh and I thought no one knew <laughs> <laughs> so <sighs> nobody said anything it was just like I missed I missed one run to uh, one rep and you know mm-hmm. whatever and later on in the year uh, it was. It had to have been at a game or something. I was skipping line, or I was antsy, or I was talking shit to a senior, and he was like, "Easy, McQuilkin. We don't want you shitting your pants again." <laughs> and I immediately like, "Oh, oh damn, just, they you knew." Just <laughs> shrunk down into like, because this was like three, four months later when finally we're in season from the fall ball, and he's like, "Easy, McQuilkin. We don't want you shitting your pants again." And I was like, "Oh, oh god, tight, damn it. tight butthole." You know, uh, I commend them on. Uh, sitting on that one and using it later on when like, it counted oh yeah well our, uh, we've always said you know revenge is a dish best served cold mm-hmm. and those guys fucking dished you pretty good you're like oh god oh man well I guess this what does this have to do with this podcast today well there's first <laughs> there's a first time for everything in the uh, put your pants story on power athlete radio for Luke and Tex uh, that's what this one was about now it was also within the past 48 hours the first time that McQuilkin or I and I have watched the movie Vision Quest from roll to roll, credit roll to credit roll. And here is why. We had a question from one of our loyal power athlete listeners recently who called the hotline. That number is 929-ING-ING-0. 929-464-464-0. That's where we're taking your Would questions now. Ingo? No, John. Shh. No. It is ing-o. Oh, ing-o. <laughs> uh, that's right. If you have questions about training, about uh, nutrition, about mindset, leadership, movies, anything, give us a call. Let us know. If you just have a nice, warm, fuzzy thought that you feel like sharing with the crew, you can do that too. For 929-464-4640, here is what our loyal listener had to say. Power Athlete Radio, you guys are super rad, super rad as fuck. Where else can I hear a podcast about welding on trucks and fucking cool stuff like lifting weights and philosophy about how to live your life? I just want to tell you guys that you're super rad, but I need to know. I need to know your thoughts about the movie Vision Quest. I need to know. Love your face. You guys rock. There we go. He needs to know. Needs to know. He needs to know. So we were not equipped to answer this question for uh, no name. Well, uh, one third of us was. Yes, that's right. One third of us was because they have seen it, quote, a million times and watch it, quote, it's on his phone right now. Quote, it's making one of of my staple movies. mm -hmm, I'm using this, this, this gesture of the the quote gesture with my fingers because I don't believe you. <laughs> well, you don't, think, you don't think I've seen that movie probably. But here's also times. the thing. He may have been dropping these quotes and it's just uh-huh. over our head because we've never mm-hmm. seen it. But now we know. So here's how this whole thing shook out. I have never seen Vision Quest. I'm aware of it. Obviously, John, you have mentioned it multiple times, which would lean into you've probably seen it a hundred times. 
And then I've got friends who are wrestlers who have mentioned it, who have talked about shoot. We who, had it on VHS. I, I bet you, like, if my mom hadn't moved out of out of her house, I could probably go and tell you where that VHS tape was. But now it's probably in the what, trash. And what was your first watch, John? Was it theater experience? Was it VHS? Or your brothers had seen it and they forced uh, you? I think the first... I, I didn't see it in the theaters. I think the first time I saw it was on a VHS tape. And we probably rented it at this place called like Rent-A-Video. We used to go to this video store that was next to a Chinese food restaurant where we used to go get takeout when I was a kid. And we would go in and if we got... My parents like got takeout Chinese food from this place. Or was it... A t- well, some takeout place. There was a video store that we would go to at Lanata Bay and like Vision Quest was on there. And the only reason that we rented it or we were excited to watch it was the cover had uh, a fairly hot chicken on the back. Madonna was on the cover. So we were like, oh, this is going to be pretty good. So I do want to do this. Listeners. What year listeners, is this? It's 85. 85. So it's 85. And we're going to get into this movie. Listeners, if you like this, if you have not seen this movie, I'll put like spoiler alert. It's worth it. Like it's it's an '80s movie yeah. that's absolutely worth seeing. As long as you watch the trailer, that is first. Yes, because you need that's, to have the experience. That looks like the VHS cover where it had Madonna, it had uh, Matthew Modine, and then it had the hot chick on it. So you, so I remember the cover. You need to you need to experience it how McQuoken and I did. There are going to be spoilers in this. This podcast will be better if you if you watch the movie. Yes. So McQuoken and I are like, all right, let's watch it. Like I'd heard about it. And one thing that Tex and I'll do really frequently is we just throw on YouTube and we watch movie trailers. Like I love movie trailers. Uh, we have this gimmick we're working on that's like compares the trailer to the movie and this, that, and the other thing. So we watch yeah, this trailer. Side hustle. And it's hot garbage. Like Tex comes in uh, to the to the podcast room, John. You you are on vacation. And he's like, you need to watch something. Like dead. So even more serious look on his face than his typical serial killer serious face and i'm like what he's like we have to watch you have to watch the vision crest trailer and i watched the trailer and it's like 90 seconds and i'm like because i knew we were going to watch this movie and i'm like this i don't know if i want to give hour and 47 minutes to this garbage hot garbage right like what am I not missing? So you got to watch that trailer on YouTube. It is a terrible trailer. We also knew it was so bad. And Ashley Summers, Luke's wife, comes in. We're like, uh, let's pitch it to we're her. We're watching a movie this weekend. <laughs> I tried to pitch it to her because it is deemed as a drama romance movie. Oh. And in the trailer, it is from the, the executive producers of Flashdance. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can get her to watch it. Long story short, she was not in on this. So Vision Quest 1985, a drama romance movie, is about a high school wrestler in Spokane, Washington, that has trouble focusing on his training regimen when a beautiful young drifter takes up temporary residence at his home. That is not at all what this movie is about. (laughs) Like... It is, but uh, it isn't. It's a trials and tribulation movie. It's a young man coming to age, conquering his demons, you know, uh, shooting to be better than he was, um, you know, kind of a um, you know girl, obviously older, kind of taking a young boy and mm-hmm. leading him on the path to manhood. I mean, I think it's an amazing movie. My one takeaway on this is the drama and romance was so grotesquely forced into the plot of this movie. This movie, but there was, was a lot of force in this a movie. A lot of force. And that is not just in the storytelling, but the multiple like, sexual assaults that occurred in this movie that were just happenstance and like yeah. sleight of hand. And well, oh. uh, 
uh, you got to remember, this is the mid eighties. This isn't it. the twenty twenties. I get it, but like, it just was. It, it, it is a. Cl- I'm not criticizing that. It just is an interesting way back machine because you're right. The mo- that's how movies were. Get in there, toots, and smack a girl's butt, or like this. I mean, here, just spoiler. Within the ten first ten minutes of the movie, the main character Loudon is working this side his side hustle job as like room concierge and room oh, service. Uh, room service. So for he's a hotel. Yeah, he's, he's a uh, delivery boy. Yeah. So he goes and delivers his dude's meal. Uh, mm. Can we talk about the meal? Yeah. So some two pieces. So it's one man in his hotel room ordering two pieces of lemon meringue pie and a coffee. <laughs> he go. Uh, so our our main character. Modine goes up to deliver these two pieces of pie to one man in his hotel room and a cup of coffee to a guy that's doing Tai Chi tai alone. Chi. Yep. Short shorts, tank top. So he can go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's his, the food he's eating to go to bed is two pie slices and a cup of coffee. I'd, I'd be up I'd, all night. I don't even know why that would even be weird. I mean, who doesn't get two pieces of lemon meringue pie and a cup of coffee uh, at night? This guy. And then, so this is also when we were told about Loudon's Loudon's uh, here's Loudon Swain Loudon they, Swain's nutritional regimen for in-season wrestling. Oh yeah, oh my God, six hundred calories. Yeah, a day. A um, day. If you guys remembered on the Nick Hardaway part or Hardwick podcast, he did his one, three, two, four, six hundred calories, eighteen hundred calories, twelve hundred calories, twenty-four hundred calories. So he was eating six hundred calories. Not know, every day, like Loudon Swain. Not but in season. Every four, every uh, every four days, he was. In season, this was after he retired. Yeah, in retirement. Yeah, so postseason. But we're we're presented with an interesting opportunity where this guy then, like, is trying to court Loudon Swain by teaching him Tai Chi to share some pie and spend the night with him. And it's like, what in the hell? Like, how did that make the plot line? Here's why: they needed a way to tell us the the story. So, so here's this random stranger that, that, that this was the vehicle. We are the random strangers. Uh, John, that's a very beautiful way. So Loudon well, paints you maybe. this picture. <laughs> <You're shady sniffer>. <laughs> <laughs> Loudon paints a picture and tells this guy, okay, steps one, two, and three. This is my goal in my journey mm-hmm. and that we're going to go on as the viewer. And that's it. Like where you say this plot line is forced, it is just told to us directly versus <laughs> built up. And expressed <laughs> in a, in a story that uh-huh. is told, like I would say, there's a story that's told to us through film. This is a story that's told to us in film. It's kind of like a George Strait song. Yeah, where it just starts talking and telling you the story. Uh huh. That's and, yeah. And, and, and they didn't ask. Yeah, like all of a sudden, George Strait <laughs> just starts telling you a story. Like there's no, you know, mm-hmm. euphemisms or you know, analogy. Nothing. Just get right into it. Yeah. So the first act of this movie is essentially like. We're learning about wrestling yeah. and this guy's and, and Loudon's goals to take on like the baddest dude in town who's this uh, shoot, right? Shoot. Do we know his, the yeah. shoot? The shoot. And it, I, a few questions about that. So he's on the team. He's 190. Oh, at that time he was one. I think he tipped in at 194. He, he has to get down to 168. Correct. But he's, right. he's, he's the best. Two weight classes. He's the best person on the team at said weight class. Two weight and classes. And then just, huh. You know what? I, I'm going to drop 30 pounds and go after this. Well, it's because he's on his vision quest. But no, he's he learns that vision quest term after no, this. But the guy gives him the term vision quest to Who, describe Cooch? what he was already doing. He mm-hmm. was on his vision quest, but like you can be on a vision quest. You don't need anybody to tell you you're on a vision quest. But mm-hmm. if somebody goes, hey, text you on a vision they, quest. 
have to, again in this movie, tell us exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> what's going on. Well, what it was was he was the best at his weight class, and all of a sudden he wanted to challenge himself against the best. And it just so happened that it was the this best guy shoot at 168. Was, uh, yeah, was uh, like two weight classes below him, which is ironic that uh, we actually used that line growing up and being like, you dropped to 168 was kind of one of our jokes. And um, it's good. It's a good one. I mean, but uh, like the other one is like, you're you going to make the weight, you know, like the bleeder one. Like there's so many lines that we use from it. But he wanted to be the best. And the only way you're the best is if you challenge the best. It just so happened it wasn't his weight class. So what was he going to do? Just not wrestle the best and just go win it again? No. He's got to challenge himself, put himself into the situation, dig himself into a hole, and try to be victorious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I get it. And it was fine. And it's a, it's a lofty goal, and no one's, a, no one's necessarily with him on it. Everybody, it's a selfish move because it doesn't help the team. The, other the coach knows. has no faith in him. His dad's just uninterested, it seems like, um, because they're in a single-parent home. The mother has left, and, like, um, man. So, so that's the first act. The second act is then the romance. Oh, man. What's yeah. her name? Her in name real is life? Linda Carla? Oh, go ahead. Carla in the movie. Yeah, Carla in the movie. What was her real name? Fioriento. Fiorien- Fiorentino. Linda so Fiorentino. I She's always, in Dogma. I always ima- Yeah, that's right. I always... Uh, that's right. That is... Yeah. I, I always imagined at the time, what if she didn't have that crazy 80s perm? She probably would have been dramatically hotter. I think she, she was pretty great. hot. I think she she was pretty hot. This was her first movie but ever. But the 80s perm, like, I remember even back then, like... It just didn't look good. So Girl of the Dreams enters, starts to... In a very weird way. Also a bizarre and totally forced and incongruent plot point about a car breaking down and... Yeah, but but Loudon's dad is a mechanic. Yes. So it does play into that. Okay, okay. Let's walk through this playing into it. Tex, take it. (laughs) She's from Trenton. New Jersey. She's got an attitude. In Spokane, Washington. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> but she, she's aiming. She's an artist, and she's going to San Francisco. All right. And they show her drawing. She's good. But how did she get I don't know how. How is that's... she taking? Number one. Number two, her car breaks down. Mechanic fights the car salesman who she bought the car from. And number three, the next natural thing is to send your, your, your son over to buy your pie, and then invite her into your home. There's no... Well, uh, no, the, well the, Loudon invited her, which is, feels like an impetuous thing for a 17-year-old kid to do. Right. Oh, but, no, he reminds us several times that he's 18, John. He tells us <laughs> this. Oh. Okay. Well, you know, an impetuous 18-year-old kid probably doesn't, uh, you know, it, like... Mm-hmm kind of uninterested or really hasn't met the right girl all of a sudden this and girl Car- walks in steals his heart did we say she's 21 right we told her i, I was she think 21? she said i yeah, think so that sounds yeah. about right she's 21 he's 18 they mentioned this a half dozen times okay so then this is the second act but the second act starts to bleed into like the, the goal the goal which is like the the matchup towards shoot is happening he witnesses shoot do a belly to belly suplex pin and like, I thought that was a pretty funny scene. So this kid attends another high school's wrestling no. match, and he's got this little tape recorder. And he's like, "All right, notes on wrestling match shoot." 
and then within two seconds, yeah, it's over. Shoots, just slams his dude, and is like, "This shoot dude is impressive, and if he weighs a buck sixty-eight, I'll be a monkey's uncle because that dude is fucking one eighty-five." I got some info uh, on that. Is uh, is he one sixty? Well, I thought he was short. Uh there. He's not that much shorter than loud. Ma- Matthew Modine's pretty tall. Yeah, he's not yeah. that much shorter than Loudon. So, but, what, like, maybe that what that dude was five five eight. Yeah, five eight, five nine, five ten, probably five nine, five ten. Mm, with well, how, how tall is Matthew Modine? Like six feet, six two, six two, Because mm-hmm. he was six two. If you look at Modine, and he's like well six two one sixty eight. He would be on the BMI chart. Yeah, for healthy. Right, right, and he he could he could maybe pull it off. Six, I'm three. supposed to be uh, one. 65 to 1 to 210 at yeah, 6'6". Yeah, uh, you better take it easy on the, you know, the rice cakes. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. But um, so then this is but like the training montages now begin and the goal is becoming more serious and the conflict starts to thicken because he's got these two what would seem like competing goals of trying to win the girl of his dreams who has no interest in him. Aren't they which, the same? Uh, I don't know. It's part of the I, vision quest. I think they're the same. And, and Una- then... Unattainable? Until they are. And then he now mm-hmm. realizes that like, he, he doesn't waver on his commitment to dominate shoot. So now the training starts to ramp up, but people are still not buying in on it yet. No one's on Loudon's side. He's on an island still. Which well, I, I well, don't, Did uh, you guys understand the analogy or like kind of the, the, the imagery of him in the bar with Madonna on stage playing crazy for you? Yes. Oh, the first off, the, the soundtrack is... Also, uh, dude, I am a so big fan. overtly it's, it's blatant at, of like pairing with the scene. The, uh, dude, the soundtrack, I really believe the strength of this movie is based upon the soundtrack. It's the reason it survived. I don't, I don't disagree because the lyrics. Like John Waits, um, you know, uh, like the montage songs. I mean, dude, Crazy For You. It was Madonna's big break. Like, dude, unbelievable. It uh, has to be. Harold Becker's. Shoot's character is six foot and Modine's six three for, for the record. Harold, so Harold Becker, who's the director here, he must have said, like, his principle of this theme is, we're not just going to show them. We're not just going to tell them. We're going to remind them every step of the way what's going on on the picture and what the characters are thinking by writing it into the script. Because the lyrics of the song also told you exactly what was happening in the movie. Like, and there is no this, ambiguity This here. is pre-Madonna breakthrough. Uh, this was her big, this was her first uh, cinema, you know, uh-huh. her first deal in cinema. So and uh, mo- I think I remember reading about how she got her break into this movie. It was because she had her new album. They wanted her to get in. This just happened to be the movie that they were putting like all the um, Hollywood uh, uh, production houses. Like this was they're going to be their big hit because I can't remember the movie that Matthew Modine did before this that kind of put him on the map. Oh, I don't know. The so let's I, I we have to acknowledge it and. I guess a shameless plug for a podcast that I, Tex and I have been listening to for a while now that has to do specifically with cinema, cinema is Bill Simmons Rewatchables. And they brought this up. And this is was Oh, my, did they do uh, this movie? Yes. Oh. And okay. this, so we cannot take credit for this, but Vision Quest is, has the, has to be the worst lat pull down, cinema lat pull down ever performed in movie history. Once Loudon finds out that his, his love interest is two, what he believes two timing him with one of his teachers, mm-hmm. right? He goes in and the training montage begins and he goes in and he grabs this lap pull down. Do, which you, has, do you remember who the individual is? The teacher? Yeah. 
in terms of like the actor. He was also in one of my favorite 80s movies. Fast Break? No. Uncommon Valor. Ah. So he was in, he was one of the chopper pilots in Uncommon Valor, and I cannot remember his name. Harold Sylvester, maybe? That's him. Then, so listen, ladies and gentlemen, this, so Loudon has 50 pounds on the lat pull down. Okay, so five 10 pound plates. He's got a wide grip on this, and he is like heaving this down behind his neck, down past his shoulder blades for one rep, letting it come up, just ghosting, ghosting the plates down. They're crashing, and then he goes into a pull down in front and pulls it down and touches his thighs with the pull with the with the the cambered bar, pull up bar. And he's doing this for 15 reps, and he's sloppy all over the place. I mean, everybody knows anyone. Who goes to a gym and has ever used a lap pull-down machine? No one has mistaken it to be used like that. No. And what I was confused about, the gym setup, I, I, I think it's awesome. It was a b- former basketball gymnasium. You got your wrestling mat, and then you had your weight room set up on the gymnasium floor. And there's like this 60-second pan across this beautiful weight room in 1985. Consider that a really nice weight room, bench press, squat racks that are still loaded and no one's in there. And they stop at the end of the weight room, and it's just this dude on a lap pull-down getting angry. Yeah. He had so many more options to choose from (laughs) to... Well, maybe it was the only movement that he could actually perform Mm. well... And he yeah, maybe they, tried he the bar- maybe they maybe, tried everything and they're like, they're, just get on the lap pull down. Yeah, like, I don't know. Nah, squat was bad. Bench, everything was bad. But <laughs> goddamn, that lap pull down looked crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a great. That's probably real, John. They're like, no, nah, that doesn't look right. That yeah, just yeah, go yeah. fucking rip yeah, on just this go, thing a little bit. Uh, can, can you pull it harder? Mm-hmm. And then, so this is where I think Tex, the training montage, like really starts to thrive. The, the soundtrack really starts to thrive. Well, you know, it was the first time we ever saw climax. a pegboard, which, ah. which was, we had a Balboa because of it. And then <laughs> CrossFit decided that they were going to put a pegboard in. Mm-hmm. And if somebody references a pegboard, they're referencing, they're talking about Vision Quest. I did not know that. I believe it. First pegboard uh, in cinema history was Vision Quest. Uh, dude, I, I, it was the first time I'd ever seen a pegboard. <sighs> they, they over in my opinion, dramatized that or, freaking thing. Oh, my Dramatized. Gosh. Yeah. Dramatized. Because yeah. it was impossible to get it to was the top. No one could do it. But you know what? Loudon did. And the fact that he did changed his coach, the whole team's perspective on his goal. Yeah. So now that he could do the pegboard, he must be ready for shoot. Well, it was showing commitment mm. that he was willing to commit to going up the pegboard, which meant that his commitment was high enough for them to believe in him. It was symbolic What what I didn't understand. Symbology. I I understand the symbology because it showed one of the dudes that doesn't like him. I don't understand why his team hated him so much. Do you know why? Because he So wrestling, even though it's an individual sport, is a kind of a team sport because what they do is they win and then uh, you could get like a team points. Similar to swimming, yeah. Yeah, it's similar. So what they were mad about was that he was dropping weight class when he was already the best in his weight class. So they looked at it from a deal mm, yeah. that he was being selfish. For the team, he needs to wrestle at the weight class that he can be the most dominant. Dropping down to Russell shoot doesn't guarantee them. Yeah, especially the when you're a bleeder and you're not, you can't win matches. But that that was the the whole spark to climb the pegboard was the conflict with the 200 pound weight class. I forget the the biggest yeah. guy on the team, and. 
<laughs> then, then I guess that yeah, one no, exercise listen. changed everything. And you hear that big guy as soon as he climbs to the top of the board and the music is blasting. You just hear him in the background. Come on, Loudon. No, I can't do that. Yeah. Is that what he says? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and this is also, I think, like, man, there's this, we're, we're climbing the conflict and there's these peaks and valleys because now all of a sudden Loudon's dad asks him to go get his grandpa. And Loudon takes Carla. Mm-hmm. And then we realize that Carla actually has a thing for Loudon. And I think they do the uh, hunka chunka on this road trip, oh, if I'm not. Is that what you call it these days? The hunka chunka? Yeah. The, what I've do you never, call it? I've never heard it called the hunka chunka. <laughs> is that, <laughs> that, that, you uh, know, the hunka uh, chunka? That's from Rookie uh, of the Year. <laughs> yeah, which, which one's the hunk and which one's the chunk? <laughs> hey, uh, Tex, have you ever heard that one before? That's from Classic Rookie of the Year. You know, the hunk of chunk. Funky butt loving. Funky, Funky butt, butt loving. Um, <laughs> but they, so they get it, the get it on. And Loudon's. I think we, we can't neglect the pre get it on when they're in the truck and he's trying to like. With the big hands? Sh- show off. Before pre big hands, his nocturnal emissions. Yeah, nocturnal You emissions. know what's good about exercise, John? You get a lot of nocturnal emissions. It's a great way to wake up in the morning. Uh, like the she's lines, like, is that supposed to turn me on? The, the lines in this movie. Yeah, the problem is you guys are so far away from 18 and 21 that like, no, you guys are just too far removed. Like you don't remember what it was like to be 18 years old trying to court a 21 year old. I remember that it didn't include. I just told a story when so I was 18 <laughs> and shitting my pants. <laughs> you don't just tell everybody everything you're thinking, Loudon. Um, but but what you guys, but it worked. You can't argue with results. What you guys are forgetting is that Loudon's honesty and his ability to wear his heart on his sleeve and to be vulnerable is why he's such a lovable character. Vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> I hate him. Um, <laughs> Tex, how did you describe it yesterday when we were we were walking to the remember. trucks? You're like his forthrightness was so uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what Tex said. Something like that. Yeah. It, just that everything he is thinking, he just says. It's, it reminded me, honestly, a lot of our friend, Nathan Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, okay. You're like, you're, you're like, oh, so you have no internal monologue. This, that is a great point. So, so I've, it's I've, all I've, external. It's I've, all yeah. communicated. I've never, I, or I'm sorry, I have met a few distinct individuals that usually have some form of mental illness, like <laughs> Nate, that don't have an internal monologue, and what they choose, what they choose to do, is talk out loud and tell you their internal monologue. Where you're thinking to yourself, "This sounds a lot like the conversation you should be having in your head, not the necessarily the one that you should be sharing with me." So, Vision Quest was a book that was made into a movie, and when we read books like in the the yeah, first the person, monologue, it's yeah. our opportunity to hear and see and inside and, the mind and feel that empathy from the character, and in movies and. A conversation I had with Callie, one thing she highlights or looks for and appreciates is in a movie, it's the connection between like the, the symphony, the soundtrack, and the actor's ability to express something. And there's mm-hmm. no words, but you can almost feel mm-hmm. what that... Just like in Vision Quest. ...emotion <laughs> is. And the exact opposite occurs <laughs> in Vision uh, Quest. Uh, no, he's in the bar. <laughs> she's playing crazy. I, I think... No, he tells... The I think that the, that the pairing... <laughs> what he's thinking? ...of the music... <laughs> Pairing with the music. Oh, so is Madonna is the internal monologue. Yes, yes. that's cheating. It's not internal. It's no. external. It's, it's, not, symphony. Yeah. it's not a they, symphony. They are using the soundtrack as an additional character in the movie. Yeah, but he, like, there's a good like. Here's an example of a good version of that. 
Eye of the Tiger in Rocky, right? It is like there's there's a uh, there's Clubber a oh, Lang's You mean when montage. he's driving in like the Lamborghini and he's going through the the uh, the the tunnel in Philly, which is on the 676, and he's listening to that song and he's just focused and he's having the, like the flashbacks. Well, no, the it's Eye great. of the Tiger is Clubber Lang's. So mm-hmm. the that's the initial montage in Rocky Three. Clubber Lang is in the basement, mm-hmm. you know, and, and grinding and sweating, and the Rocky is. Was that uh, was that the note? He's he's winning those those uh, what's like the one bum when he's fights? driving in the in 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 the car? Is that it's, no easy it, way out or is that uh, no? That's not I. I, I the tiger is a training montage uh-huh. when he's down in L.A. That's the eye of the tiger when he crumples the picture and throws it. That's when they yeah, get into it. it but it's the eye of the tiger is Clubber Lang. That's his mental right. Madonna. So the, <laughs> an example of the Vision Quest version of that would be like. Um, I'm crazy for you. <laughs> well, it would be, yeah, he'd be like, answer? I have the eye of the tiger. And then the soundtrack's like, I have the tiger. And like, so it's just like this weird repeater of vi- it's like, like an additional character in the movie. I guess. Anywho, I do want to kind of barrel forward text and we get into now the, the third act where it is like the match is set. It's going down, right? It is the climax of the movie. Shoot, Loudon, like confront one another in a hallway after a match, after he's a bleeder. And now everything is now leading up to uh, he's got the girl. He's got, um, he's, has he received his sage advice? No, he hasn't no. received sage advice yet. He's got the girl. Everybody's on his side. Everybody's, his team's on his side. His coach is on his side. Everybody believes in him. But he still doesn't quite have exactly what he needs. Well, she's, she leaves. We That's can't. right. And that, that shows the, the scaffolding of his, his personal like, goal diminish and fall apart. So he was so focused on the girl, yep. and she's gone, and then he was distraught and destroyed. Well, I mean, he's 18 years old. You have to cut him some slack. Here. I agree. No, I, I mean, he, he meets a oh, girl. Oh, he got his, played. Yeah, he meets a girl of his dreams. I mean, think about... Um, this like, is probably the I most authentic part of the movie. I can't remember the name of uh, James Townsend, uh, NFL player who's a CrossFitter. Um, he broke up with a girl and was so emotionally distraught, he quit the NFL. That's And then a year later, or shortly thereafter, I forgot, maybe it wasn't a year, realized, oh, fuck, what did I do? Tried to go back and couldn't get back to the NFL. Told me the story, and I was like, wow. Like... Loudon Swain had the biggest moment of his life and he almost threw it away because of this girl. But you know what? He didn't. Because my favorite scene. The and this is what you're getting to yeah, when he, yeah. he goes and there he's got an interesting so his father is, I guess, working full time and then loses his job. He's mm-hmm. not exactly the the mentor and the guide on this vision quest, mm-hmm. but an unlikely mentor is. And it's a man that the, the hotel chef, chef. A hotel chef. Uh-huh. And he goes and... Takes I, a day off or takes a night off. Well, I don't know why Loudon went. So he lost the girl. He didn't show up for the matches the way in. And he goes and seeks out his mentor and goes to his small apartment. And this dude, he shows this... Uh, the movie shows Elmo is his name getting ready. So he's now clean shaven. And the rest of the movie, he's, you know, slick back hair. He's a nighttime chef smoking as he's making lemon meringue pies. And coffee. And now he's clean shaven. He's pressed his shirt. He's putting on his tie. And you can see, like, the nicks on his fresh shaved face. Like, he hasn't done it on forever. And Loudon goes in and almost expresses he's, he's 
this match means it. nothing. Yeah. Because this one girl left, this match means nothing. And the beautiful, chilling speech by Elmo. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Six minutes in, El- um, what's his name? Loudon diminishes his goal. It's just six minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the dude's got to build him back up. Six minutes. And references and experience. I don't want to ruin it yeah. for our listeners that haven't seen it yet, but it's, it's a chilling speech that puts him now in a position to break that threshold and have the confidence to sprint back and make the way in to take on our nemesis. And, and then there's also the weird part where he's slightly over, so he takes off his underwear to make oh, the way yeah. in. Oh, yeah. First off, yeah, so he's late to the weigh-in and then rolls in and weighs in with clothes on. And then doesn't make weight, and he's like, "Well, I better get naked then." It's like you could have just everybody, taken your shirt and pants off. Here's the other thing: after he got naked, and all his teammates yeah. and coach, they yeah, all hugged him. All hugged him, but naked. So he makes weight. Yeah, but this is the '80s. And that it, was okay back then. Just like when the coach does the Boston Crab move on that dude, <laughs> and then when he gets up, pats him on the butt because you know what? That and dude, the coach wearing the singlet with the collared shirt underneath is still my favorite picture. Yes. It's great. And uh, I and guess a big to, whistle, big to, whistle to push, to push the plot line forward. They face off. There's a, a close call with be, with bleeding because he's he's got an iron deficiency from starving himself. Can I make one comment? Anemic. Go ahead. His new wrestling shoes. Hmm. So they do an intentional zoom in on these red shoes that matches the team's colors. And before he didn't have those, but you know who was also a sports goods salesman. Mr. Tai Chi Lemon Ring Pie. Oh, that you think offered he went him in? a pair of shoes earlier in the movie. So you think he went in and did Ooh, what he think, had to do to get those you, shoes? Are, are you saying Loudon was the third piece of pie? Uh, I'm just wondering who ate that second piece. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, that's a good right. plot twist. Yeah. Wow. The uh, so he has these new shoes. He's back. He's training. There's a big. Um, earlier, he, you know, he's cutting 20 pounds by starving himself and exercising and not sleeping. I mean, his sleep health is terrible. And um, so he's got these nosebleeds and he got a nosebleed and he had to forfeit a wrestling match prior to this. So they're, like, that's like a point of contention. That he was winning. Yeah, that's a point of contention now with Shoot is Shoot's going to make him bleed, right? And then if he bleeds, he loses. You can't do that. You can't be doing that in, in wrestling. So they get on the mat. Things shake down. You got Loudon Smith, who looks like, or Loudon Swain, Swain, sorry, who looks like, uh, you know, a tall, gangly, just string bean. And then you got Shoot, who's 168 pounds, 185, right? Like, looks jacked. he's jacked. He's, he's jacked. jacked. He's strong. And, like, th- in real and life, he's I don't obviously think not 18 years old. <laughs> no, he's so, like, like, yeah, that, that was the one thing I remember when we saw it being like, that's that what dude it, doesn't look like he's 18 years old. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, you know, but then when I got to high school, there were dudes yeah. that were 18 years old that had full beards. Yeah, beards so I remember and there like was chest a dude, hair and shit like that. When I was a freshman, there was a guy who was a senior who was kind of a dick to me, uh, Brandon Himble, right? He had, I shit you not, he had a beard that looked like he was like a, a, a you know, a guy who had been in Afghanistan as a Navy SEAL for 30 years. Right. Like, had full chest hair, wore cowboy boots with a buckle. Like, a dude was huge. Buckle on the boots? Uh, yeah, <laughs> buckle on the boots that matched the buckle around his waist. It was huge. Had the, had like a uh, like like a 68 Firebird. And like, dude had a, uh, I thought the guy was like a teacher. It turned out he was like a senior in high school. I'm like, holy shit. So it goes down. Our, our protagonist ends up victorious. It's unclear as to whether the girl is there to see it go down. 
It's unclear then after that the celebration is team hoisted onto the shoulders of the team freeze frame freeze frame into Loudon's final monologue which is just hot garbage about the importance of vision quest and finding answers but it's unclear as to whether or not he got the girl because there's another love interest that seems probably more appropriate for Loudon who's sure. his girl quite was, hilarious as yeah. well well i think the um you know, maybe the girl that you, you know, pining after, like the part, like she helped him at yes, that moment in I his agree. life mm-hmm. because she but then shows. He because realizes. remember, she shows up mm-hmm. uh, as he's getting dressed to go out and go. She comes into the locker room and talks to him, yeah, and like pumps him up, and then yeah. he goes out and wins. And she's not there in the mon- in, at the end in the freeze frame, right? And so it, so the, it makes me believe she just left. Yeah, they they were on she, the same. Yeah. She she. She filled her role and helped a young boy or a boy become a man mm-hmm. and helped him climb his mountain. I agree. And she was there. The line that he had mentioned, John, was, I wouldn't have done it. If I could do it again, I would. Meaning, I think there was a, a finality to that relationship. They both had an appreciation for the point they are at. They both knew that that was it. And even knowing that it ended and it hurt, they wouldn't change anything. And I think there was a scene where they do cut, do a fast cut, speed cut to our girl, uh, the press. Uh, I can't remember yeah. her name. Newspaper. Newspaper yeah. gal. Um, that I to me was like her name. that. If there's a Vision Quest two, they're she, together. She was in a lot of eighties movies. Yeah, she was. She was, and she was real pretty too. So, uh, yeah, but they nerded her up. Yeah, they yeah. did for sure. Um, uh, she's in Melrose Place in Spaceballs. She was the yeah. yes, the heroine. Uh, yeah. she, no, she was um, a Jewish princess. Princess <laughs> Thelma, as I think it was called. <laughs> Funny, she doesn't look Druish. So I guess, Tex, one question I have for you, and John, this is, uh, I don't know if you read Tex's <sighs> recent uh, opus. His, he's finally delivered his opus. His time here is done. He's provided the world so with the content that's needed. So he's become the Carla of our uh, vision quest. Tex yeah, it was be- a meaningful relationship. <laughs> it got you to the point you needed to go. Tex, and now I'm, I'm drifting. <laughs> Tex has created the official Power Athlete Sports Movie Checklist. Let's see if this is a sports movie, Tex. Is there a training montage? Several. Is this an underdog come from behind or upset city scenario? Yes. Okay. Can the actors actually look like they can play the sport? Uh, I was pretty amazed by the final wrestling scene. That looked pretty intense and like, fuck, that hurt. Okay. So is that a yes or a no? Yes. Hesitantly, uh, given an opposing athlete system circumstance, or even self-imposed opposition, is resolution discovered via such, the sporting I, arena? I can't believe you wrote this. One hundred percent, and I mean he's got so many self-inflicted things going on, ex- uh-huh. including that disease. What does he call it? Uh, it's not a situation. Basically, or, like what hyperbonerism? Yeah, and he tells his teacher. <laughs> He tells his teacher this. He's like, I get boners all the time. It's totally normal, but it's hard. You'd think it'd be great, but it's not. Okay, so, you know, just I'm, I'm telling you, man, he, like, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And maybe that's how, and here's the deal. Maybe that's how kids were when they were 18 years old in 1985. So there's a conflict. Do you think resolution was discovered via the sporting arena? Yes. Okay. Finally... Is there a chilling speech to rile up the hero? 100% and maybe one of the top 10 sports speeches of all time. Oh, my God. Fine, take it. So, John, this is according to our official Power Athlete Sports Movie Checklist. 
a sports movie and not a drama slash romance. No, not at all. Huh. Wow. But is there a genre for sports movies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sports. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah. like, but you also have to remember in 1985. Well, yes. Where was there a genre of sports movies? Oh, yeah. Rocky. Rocky three had come out. Rocky. Were those four? known as sports movies? Yeah. I thought they were. I, I thought they were like a drama. The longest Yard. The OG with. Yeah, Mr. Burt Reynolds. But I, uh, were they actually categorized as sports movies? I'm not sure. That's a great, like, now they would be. But yeah, now now they would. But in 1985, they had, like, two. You were either a love story or a drama. Yeah, that could be it. So and, or a comedy. That was yeah, it. Yeah, so, so Rocky five, Rocky four was 85 and is a drama. Yeah. Mm. So they didn't have a genre of sports movies. So, but now IMDb is drama, sport. Yeah. The, so this is a 1985 film. And here are some of the things that it competed against. And this is in IMDb order. We have Cocoon, mm-hmm. The Goonies, Back to the Future, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, uh, Come and See, Clue, Team Wolf, Legend, A Room with a View. Uh, and then well, all I'm really trying to get down to I is s- Commando. I saw, you're, you're going to laugh so at this. The I saw I didn't Commando. See this, yeah. Hold on. I, I saw Commando. I saw Cocoon. And I saw Teen Wolf was, in the movie theaters. Was 1985 was John's day. favorite movie year of all time? Was no, it 85? 86, I think. I was 94. No. I think you were 85. No, it wasn't 85. Well, ir- irrelevant. Pee-wee's Big Adventure also came out. So there's a lot of movies. Number one in 85, I was three years old. So that's why I don't remember seeing this uh, movie. I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure in the movie. But Man, I, I, and I saw all these in the movie theater, which makes mm-hmm. me believe what we would do is my parents would drop us off and we would see like every movie. Yeah. We'd be uh, what month in 1985 was this released? I don't know if I have that info readily available text. But all I got to say is... 1985, oh, 15 February. Yeah, it's right there. 15 February. I'm going to do some math. I think I was conceived to this movie. (laughs) It would answer a lot of questions. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So I guess to answer our listeners' question, what do we think of Vision Quest? John, how would you, let's say you can give it a couple sentences. What are you going to say about Vision Um, Quest? I think the problem with a lot of these movies is... You guys are looking at it in a 2020 lens. You have to put yourself back into the 80s and realize how impactful this movie might have been for a nine-year-old kid mm-hmm. who realized that when you're 18, you can totally bang 21-year-olds. <laughs> and you were going to have to be in a position where you're going to have to strive and reach for greatness. So, Vision Quest, John, are you in or are you out? I'm in. Okay. I'm a fan. Text, couple sentences. For the record... Power Athlete Radio episode 192, where it's John, Bert Soren, and myself. You were 1985. I was 1984. It's not a bad year, John. There's some really good Well, I mean, uh, Cocoon, Goonies. Vision Quest. uh, I I, I think we saw Goonies twice because we went and saw it. Then we made my mom bring us back to see it. All right. Sports movie, I'm in, but not based on the preview. And I'm going to give this to a specific age group of young men to watch and observe. I feel 10 years old up to 14. And after 14, this just starts to get unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So that's a good range in which it's far enough away from when you're going to be 18 that you can dream up towards it. Or but 35. So it'd be like 10 to 14 or mm-hmm. 35. So I, I had very little faith based off the preview. I am undoubtedly in on this movie on multiple layers 
number one as like that, an aspiring sports movie root for the hero. But then number two, as an adult, to be like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck well, did he just say? Dude. And even knowing it's 1985, like, there's a layer of cheesiness. I'm not talking about appropriateness, well, just how cheesy that layer think is. Think about this, right? Um, how many high school kind of sports drama, would you call, are there out there at the time? So you got to remember, all the high school movies right. were either like Goonie or, sorry, like... 16 uh, Candles. Yeah, like like six, yeah they, they were Brad Pack. Like, uh, there was either their Goonies, you either had like 16 Candles, or you had like Porky's or like... Like there was no uh, like no movie like this at the time where mm-hmm. it showed like a kid who wasn't the cool kid mm-hmm. well, kind of coming in the sports deal. The Lost Boys, Outsiders, Footloose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Footloose. Footloose is similar to this movie in the same way yeah. where there's like you know encounters some form of friction. The girl, this weird has some science. weird science. Another. Why are we wearing bras on our heads? Shut up, dude. <laughs> I can so, still still one of the still one. Okay, so we had uh, we had Weird Science on VHS, and we watched it so many times that we couldn't watch it anymore because it would just go dark. Like we that's we, a lot of watching. We over it was our favorite movie. Kelly LeBrock, it was fucking awesome. So we got undoubtedly in all three of us quality movie. John, pleasantly you're right. surprised. Yeah, you were right. We were wrong. You're good looking. We're not. You're smart. We're stupid. <laughs> I'm not. You're real smart, and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, so I can't not recommend this movie, to, honestly, to anyone. I think it's fantastic on various levels. Any other closing words? Uh, the fact Itch. that you got risk. Uh, so Risky Business is another amazing movie. Yeah. Because I mean, the fact that he sets up a brothel in his house mm-hmm. with Rebecca De Mornay is another like. Rebecca De Mornay. They don't make movies like these anymore. I agree. I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to another episode. Strength and conditioning? Really? Ing. Yeah, we didn't do any of that. Yeah. But if you enjoyed this show, let us know. Call us. 929-ING-ING-0. 929-464-464-0. The hotline is open. Let us know what you're thinking. Just say hi or well, the, and ask the other thing us a question. Too is if you could leave us a five star review or tell your friends. Yeah, why we not? We love referrals. Yeah, we love referrals. We love you. We love Vision Quest. Until next time. Bye. Bye. People talking. <laughs> now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete success. Until next time, bye! Every road I run.